Hello friends, welcome, welcome to the amp, it's me, your friend Jill Hopkins, panning back so the message is loud and clear, don't want anybody to get it twisted, also turning my volume up. Hello, hello my friends, uh, I'm Jill, and uh, it's been a week, right, uh, to say the very least. Um, I'm really sad, I think is my overwhelming emotion. I'm not sad because a CVS or a Target or whatever has gotten looted or anything like that. I'm not sad about the riots. I'm sad that there are people in the world we don't still, at this point, in the year of our Lord, 2020, understand what set this whole thing off in the first place. That's the saddest thing to me, is that we're still trying to explain to people that Black Lives Matter. And that this was not plan A. This is not plans B through Z. We tried. We yelled. We screamed. We asked for nicely, we pleaded for, in some cases, people tried to pay for equity and liberation. And none of those things worked. So here we are. To get three words through thick skulls, this is infuriating that the timelines are still filled with all lives matter when people who can look up on the internet 16 different ways to spell the name Madison can't look up why All Lives Matter is a problem. You have a computer. You have the wealth of the world's information in literally the palm of your hands. And you can't do some reading, some educating of yourself. Three words. Three words. Black lives matter. And all lives don't matter until black lives matter too. I hate having to still explain that. I hate that we are taking time away from taking care of our bodies and our spirits during a pandemic to prove to people that we deserve to live. We are putting ourselves in harm's way to prove to people that we deserve to live. And that the people in this world who we were told as children were going to protect us. They dress a goddamn dog in a trench coat and send him to our classrooms, telling us that we can, we can expect a level of protection if all we do is trust. And we spend our whole lives being proven wrong time and time again. And it's Madness. I'm in my 40s. I've seen this happen before. Our elders, people in their 60s, people who lived through the civil rights movement, 
They've seen this all before. The thing, though, that I'm concerned about and that I'm scared about is in the 60s, when there were riots, the civil rights movement got passed. I do not see a path in which systemic change will be made by federal government because they have no interest in change in that way. If this kind of national pressure doesn't prompt a man to not tear gas American citizens so he can have a photo opportunity in front of a church he's never been inside of, holding a Bible he's never opened, despite the fact that he's gassing the public, priests and nuns, and people trying to do their jobs inside of a church that don't even like him. And then he goes and hides away. I don't think we're going to get change because change requires putting other people in front of yourself and change requires bravery and there's no one sitting in the White House doing or embodying either of those two things. So I'm not as hopeful as someone who considers themselves fairly optimistic would I would like to be. I uh, do want to say, though, that nothing about any of this, none of the sirens, none of the broken glass, makes me want to leave this city, makes me want to not be a Chicagoan. I love Chicago. I love this city. It is, as uh, Nelson Algren once said, it's like loving a woman with a broken nose. And as someone who's almost broken their nose twice during this pandemic, I really appreciate that. It is ugly and it is uh, loud and it's got a thousand million things wrong with it. But it is neighborhoods and it is people. And at the end of it, this city is where my heart lives, where my black life wants to continue living and I think all I'm asking is for the city to love us as much as we love it. Black people made Chicago, we will continue to make Chicago, but Chicago's got to show us some reciprocation. All right. Today's supposed to be a media blackout day. Those of us in the music industry are supposed to be quiet, but I'm going to continue to be black and loud. I don't really have any other setting. That's my default. Uh, it's factory settings. If you want to get into the settings tab, you've got to press all these buttons. It's not even worth it. What I am going to do, though, is continue to amplify black voices, black liberation, black empowerment, black excellence every day on the radio and right here. I'm Jill Hopkins. This is The Amp. Let's check in with a great black man. He is our senior tech correspondent. He is my neighbor, so I am sure that he uh, has experienced some of the same loud noises over the past few days that I have. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing, uh, feeling a lot of ways, but, you know, always uh, great to be with you, Jill, and, you know, always laying down the the, the word and the law, so... Um, it's gonna be hard to follow that up. You you uh, put it in the right 
proper perspective. And uh, yeah, uh, I think you succinctly, even though you didn't have to, succinctly uh, said what many people uh, are feeling. So thank you. I just want us to be great, Mike. I just want to be great. Um, yeah, I want to, you know, continue. This was supposed to be our year, Mike. <laughs> I was look, I, I was looking forward to 2020. I was, I accidentally said, you know, I want to be positively surprised by this year. Just a few. And uh, yeah, we uh, are now almost halfway through and um, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, you know, so <laughs> maybe. Yeah, just a little. I mean, it's been a hell of a week, Tuesday. <laughs> oh God! Yesterday I was uh, making dinner and thinking about what I'd had for breakfast, and it felt as though they were two entirely separate experiences. <laughs> it's yeah. Like the, the twelve hours in between those things felt like two entirely different realms of existence, and time has no meaning. Uh, but in a way, I'm kind of glad. Because my brain keeps hitting like its own reset button. That's what this is telling me. That my brain is protecting me from trauma. Because yeah. if it all gets built up, like if you leave your computer on too long and it overheats, it shuts down. So what you got to do is, is uh, you know, what you got to do is sleep it sometimes and get on with the rest of your day. Word. Word. Is this your dad in the comments? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yay. Hello, my Michael. Dad is on that nationality tip, you know, identity. It's a, it's a fun one. So, um, well, that's a we'll, whole separate conversation. Yeah. yeah that's, we could be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> He'll drop some knowledge there for sure. But always props to dad for being and supporting. But, yeah, Yay. Uh, Let's hear it for dads. Let's hear it for black dads. <laughs> Let's hear it for Moorish dads. Let's see. <laughs> So what are we um, talking about today, Jill? We got a few things. We got a few things. All of them are, are hyper relevant right now. Uh, lots of, of folks uh, hitting the streets to protest, making their voices heard. Now, when I was young and we were protesting any number of occupations in foreign lands and, you know, no blood for oil and all that sort of thing, uh, you could go out and maybe somebody had a point-and-shoot camera, a little click-click. And those cameras were never that good on a good day. You could be, you know, full-faced, smiling directly at it, and it's not going to get you. Nowadays, you get, like, this much of somebody's face. Next thing you know, you have their home address, their phone number, every job they've ever had, and all their ex-boyfriends. This is not great if you are trying to be safe while you make your voice heard, but uh, you've got some tips for folks who want to get out there and yeah. be protected from surveillance. Yeah, I mean, the short answer is it's extremely difficult uh, to stay safe, uh, and it's extremely easy, unfortunately, for uh, law enforcement to track your whereabouts, to track the information you're sending. Uh, even if so, you're not doing anything wrong, is the thing. Yeah, oh, even yeah. if you're, if if you're existing in a protest uh, environment, you are vulnerable, unfortunately. Um, and being in the tech industry and being a part of this ecosystem, we have aided, uh, you know, law enforcement uh, with, uh, you know, these tools to track citizens protesting 
various rights from racial justice to you know the right to vote and every other uh you know a right and freedom that's being um you know attacked so um yeah someone just mentioned in the comments about you know if you're undocumented or in a, a vulnerable status the unfortunate truth is you need to probably stay out of it because if you get arrested or caught then you know, it gets even worse. And this has been a subject that's been brought up, you know, for years, but even over the past week, you know, major cities, LA, Chicago, New York, um, you know, my social media feeds are filled with similar messages. If you're undocumented, you know, please, you know, if you can, you know, uh, stay out of harm's way. Um, but again, that's the, that's one of the many core issues that you brought up at the beginning, uh, but also that, we have to make that choice. You know, we are already in a global pandemic where it's literally dangerous to be in a group and thousands upon thousands of people are risking that safety because of the everyday fear and risk they have to their lives uh, and their friends and family. And so that should show how serious this is. And so the fact that if you have, or if you are in an unprotected status in this country, and you have to choose, oh, do I protest for my right to live and exist in America? Or do I stay safe because I could get caught and you know deported or contract a disease that I can pass on or kill? Like these are not decisions or choices that we should have to ponder in 2020. Yeah. Um, so I think even- And there's just certainly like, not yeah. ones that I don't think that, you know, most people are taking lightly. Uh, one of the, the, the striking distance uh, differences between these protests and say, oh, uh, the Michigan militia showing up to a state house with all their guns and things, is mm -hmm. that most of these, most of the footage I've seen from the rallies, people are masked up. At the very least, they are taking care of that one thing. Yeah, and that's key there with facial recognition software. Um, it's, you know, you don't want to give any thanks to, you know, COVID-19, but the fact that more people are masked because of health safety first makes it harder, not impossible, uh, for the, these uh, facial recognition tools to track people. So along with covering your mouth and nose uh, for safety uh, with a mask, if you have sunglasses, if you have another mask uh, to put on top of that, or just on the top half of your face, if you're not wearing a hat, um, or in, uh, in addition to wearing a hat, uh, again, it's tough today. It's going to be over 90 in Chicago, you know? And so again, these are choices that we shouldn't have to deal with of like, I don't want to burn in the heat. I want to protect my freedom. I don't want to get someone sick. I want to defend my, defend my friends and family members' right to uh, racial equity and equality. Again, year 2020, and we're having to face these questions on you know, let's just say a daily basis, but, you know, every minute of the day. So facial, you know, covering is important. But the next thing is with smartphones. You know, there are millions, probably over a billion smartphones, uh, you know, in use uh, today. And that's, it's a central part of our lives. You know, uh, we talk about screen time being increased or decreased in the pandemic. And especially if you're going down uh, to a, you know, downtown location, whether it's Chicago or any other city um, around the country, you want to keep your phone with you. Uh, but 
if you and you want to send text messages, you want to you want to record, you might want to do an Instagram live of a protest. That opens you up to a lot of vulnerability to be caught. Uh, you know, you have GPS location. So one, you know, uh, recommendation is just airplane mode, um, turn off face ID, touch ID if you have it. iPhones are um, default encrypted, but you want to have a long password or create a long password for your phone because if cops, uh, you know, uh, you know, confiscate that, um, it'll be much harder for them to access or impossible for them to access um, with those protections. If you have an Android uh, device, uh, I don't think it's default encryption, but you can go into settings and select full encryption. Uh, Two-factor authentication. If you don't know what this is, just Google two-factor authentication. But it's just a multi-step process for you to protect um, your information. Uh, if you want to securely send uh, text messages or information to friends, there's an app called Signal. Uh, this should be free to download for both uh, iOS and Android devices. Uh, that will allow you to send encrypted, which means protected information without the possibility of, you know, uh, any enforced law enforcement agencies to intercept it. WhatsApp used to be uh, encrypted, but it's, you know, uh, it was bought by Facebook. And so there's questions to uh, their security. So that's something that if you've used WhatsApp before, I would check uh, and make sure uh, that that app is still uh, you know, secure, but Signal has been the default app of choice for many of my friends in the tech industry or people that have protest and that have learned how to do this. Um, Signal is the number one app uh, to, if you must send information to use that. Um, yeah, so I would say, and then the, the best thing, and again, this is not a luxury that many of us have, but the best advice is just to not bring your phone. <laughs> Uh, if you can get a burner phone, that's probably the best thing and send that number out to your your net, your trusted network. But it seems ridiculous. Like it's like, oh, protest, but don't bring your phone. It's like, what yeah. What are you saying? So again, whatever you can do and can't do, just try to protect yourself in the best way possible, knowing that you can't, it's not perfect. Yeah. Uh, I I'm think, I think to myself, where would I even get a burner phone? And I'm just like, I just ask Pete like drug yeah. dealers. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, they're effective. They're effective in with the network. So these these skills come in handy. Um, definitely cousins or adjacent uh, to the protest movement here. So everyone's got one cousin. Everyone's yeah. got one cousin. And if you don't, you're that cousin. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you have cousins who don't know your real name. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike McGee is here, everybody. Thank you for sticking around with us. This is the AMP. Uh, we are in the middle of some heavy, heavy days. So it's my absolute pleasure to get to talk to you and at least, you know, learn and smile and see my friend and make sure that he's doing okay. Um, we are in the middle of some real shit. Uh, but for, for once, I feel like Mark Zuckerberg might be in the middle of some real shit. Like, his employees are scheduling, like, a virtual walkout. People are spilling all sorts of tea. And now he's having to actually do the unthinkable and explain himself. What's Zuck doing? And why is this all his fault? 
Yeah, uh, it's a revolving door or story that we can always, every Tuesday when we talk, Jill, I feel like I can just kind of throw a random dart on my uh, Facebook board that I have in my apartment, joking. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a Facebook board, but I should. Oh, just some story that's going up. But with the global pandemic, with, uh, you know, Trump consistently uh, spreading uh, these messages of hate and, you know, uh, volatility and stirring up, uh, you know, the country, you know, Twitter and Facebook have been the two major platforms that many people in and out, uh, outside of the tech industry have been pushing to, you know, enforce their safety guidelines and enforce their, their policies. And over the past, you know, three days, uh, started late last week at Facebook, there was an internal uh, town hall um, where uh, Mark Zuckerberg was doing like a live, you know, video Q&A. And uh, many Facebook employees uh, were very uh, displeased, to put it positively, <laughs> the most positive light, as to what was going on. There was, you know, all for all of the Trump messages that he ha has sent over the past, I don't know, eight years, even before he was president. Last week, you know, there was the, you know, the loot when looting starts, the shooting starts. Um, and that was finally for Twitter. Uh, Wait, that was last week? <laughs> I believe so. It was either like three days ago or seven years ago. Um, but that happened. That was a real thing that, of course, uh, I think was deleted or, you know, Twitter took it down a couple hours after it was put down. And that was the first stand for Twitter, which led, uh, you know, Trump to uh, sign or create an executive order uh, against Twitter. But Facebook not only didn't, you know, uh, take messages down. Mark Zuckerberg put a post on Facebook uh, saying that he'll keep them up. And that sent, you know, fervor through Facebook. Uh, this town hall last week did not go well. Uh, there was a reporter, uh, I believe Mike Isaac uh, from, you know, on Twitter uh, posted uh, internal information to Twitter showing the, you know, the unrest within the company. There was one viral clip uh, that uh, many Facebook employees showed, uh, which is from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, to uh, interviewing or grilling uh, Mark Zuckerberg last October. Uh, and he said, you know, quote, uh, if anyone, including a politician, is saying things that can cause or that is ca calling for violence or could risk imminent physical harm, dot, 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 we will take that content down. That was October 2019. Fast forward to now. That happened by our president, and he's keeping it up. And so yesterday, uh, there were a number of Facebook employees that either said, hey, I'm a Facebook employee. I don't agree with this. Uh, there are other Facebook uh, internal groups that uh, now, as you mentioned at the top, uh, you know, have organized a virtual walkout that I believe is happening today. Uh, and then you had a number of uh, Facebook employees who posted on Twitter and other social media uh, uh, platforms that they quit. And uh, so, you know, it's just another example of these technology platforms uh, having a outsized effect on our society. And, you know, we shouldn't have given these, you know, tech CEOs this much leeway or bandwidth to have this much influence, but they do. Facebook has over 2 billion users. 
uh, and Twitter has hundreds of millions of users and Instagram, same thing. Um, so we can't in the tech industry, and I speak being a part of the industry, um, we can no longer, you know, uh, stay outside of the fray when we've made, we've played a major role uh, in how this is uh, where we are today. So that's something that people are grilling Mark Zuckerberg, are grilling Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, uh, Tim Cook, Apple, you know, Microsoft, Amazon, you name it. So uh, we will see, uh, you know, as this develops, what happens with Facebook, but also with the other big tech companies. Somebody tweeted last week that Facebook was started so Mark Zuckerberg and his friends could mac on girls. Yeah, and ended up hot or not. Democracy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the key there. It's it's like this is Twitter. I mean, Twitter's original start was like they it was like T W T T R. Like they couldn't even put vowels in their <laughs> name. The logo was like a booger that got snot like that, you know, shot out of a nose. It was just a text thing and it's turned into, and then they go from that to wanting to become a public town square or a utility. Uh, and we've given them so much power by not regulating them and by just, you know, glorifying uh, their rise. And now they are fueling uh, the fire of our president and so many other fringe groups. So it's only right that they be taking the task, the leaders be taking the task and that we, uh, you know, turn the spotlight back on them and their companies and the tools that they've, uh, you know, put out into the world. So only right. It is Mike McGee is here. He's right down in that square. I'm Jill Hawkins. Uh, this is the amp. We're at home with the homies in the middle of a, whew, boy, one of, you know, every day I check like the Facebook uh, memories or whatever, or, you know, to see what was going on. And I've led a wild life. Let me tell you, there was no twiddling my thumbs at home. Every week was the craziest week. And somehow, 2020 is now home to the craziest weeks I've ever had. And I've not left the house, really, in three months. This is wild. Yeah. I, I cannot... Uh, and so the icing on the whole cake, is that this is an election year. <laughs> we still somehow have to find the mental bandwidth to figure out who's going to be the goddamn president of the United States for the next four years. And uh, are we going to be able to leave the House safely then? Who knows? And if uh, they, you know, if World War Three or something doesn't break out between now and then, we're going to have to figure out how to safely cast our votes. There are some who would say that mailing in your vote is cheating. And that person is only saying that because he cheated to get his job in the first place. <laughs> how can we make sure that it's easy to vote by mail in a world that's trying to stop us all from doing just that? Oh, that's a great question there, Jill. Uh, <laughs> how can we make it easy? Um, I don't know if I can answer that, but I can see how we can make it easier, potentially. Um, one, protect uh, USPS, uh, our brothers and sisters uh, there. Um, you know, there's so many pathways or so many components 
that will get us to um, you know this. Yes, all caps request. You have that right in Illinois, and you don't even have to give them a reason. Indeed, no, you don't. Uh, and so the product uh, or the you know web app of this week uh, is mustvote.org, uh, which one uh, just two steps. Uh, one, it checks your current registration, um, and also if you're not registered. It will, you know, this uh, website will allow you uh, or help you determine how to get registered in your state based on where you live. So you put in your zip code uh, and fill out some, you know, what your address is, and it'll provide the information to verify if you're currently registered or assist you if you're not. Um, and then step two, once you are registered, is that they'll help you sign up to vote by mail. Uh, and then, you know, you'll have instructions that'll be sent via email to do that. Um, so yeah, someone just mentioned to send in requests for mail-in ballots uh, for the election there in Kansas, I believe. Yep, there are elections going on today. I believe there are like nine elections happening, um, you know, today. Uh, and then there is a third bonus step. Obviously, share uh, the site on social media if this uh, mustvote.org must uh, site was helpful for you. Um, of course, uh, we talked about other uh, platforms, uh, you know, a starter league graduate, bootcamp graduate of mine, so founder of BallotReady.org. So if you are registered uh, and if you have requested an absentee ballot, um, if you want to learn about your local, you know, city, uh, you know, uh, county, state, federal, um, you know, uh, races from the water, Metropolitan Water Board to judges to the president, um, BallotReady.org will also help you find uh, objective information um, and other sources to learn about those candidates. So um, it's just June. What is it, June 2nd? Uh, we yes. have, <laughs> you know, the general election is two seconds away and probably 15 years away. Um, so in that time, uh, definitely make sure that you uh, are eligible and, and registered to vote. Um, also support, you know, various, uh, you know, uh, you know, efforts by local um, and national nonprofits that are f helping people get registered. Um, there are many, you know, voter suppression uh, activities uh, still going on. Um, yes, agreed. Uh, can't emphasize enough the importance of local elections. And this is just the part, you know, uh, there are people that are saying, you know, going back to 2016 about certain people who didn't vote and you know, for me, I don't feel like that's a, you know, a productive conversation. And also, yes, vote if you can, help more people vote, they do matter. Um, but you also, you know, I have to point out, you know, just focusing on Minneapolis, they have one of the most left-leaning, liberal, however you want to describe, mayors. They have, you know, other local elections, they've voted uh, people, liberal, progressive people in. Um, we have liberal police chiefs, if that can be a thing, and these protests and this violence still happens. So it's not just voting um, and everything is good. Voting is a part and an important part of what we can do uh, to improve our society for everyone. Um, but it's not the only thing. Um, L.A., you just saw the police chief there blaming uh, protesters for the death of George Floyd as much as um, you know, the uh, police officers involved. And so we can't just uh, depend on voting. But again, it's important. So mustvote.org to check your voter registration, to request an absentee ballot, ballot ballotready.org. If you don't know what's happening, uh, you got time to study up. 
um, and, and share with your friends and your family and people in your network. So rant yep. complete. <laughs> that wasn't a rant. That was super informative, very helpful, and very well stated, and I love you for it. Uh, we are lucky that we live in a city full of people who are politically active, not just in election years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm super lucky that I have uh, this platform to, to share information with uh, a greater amount of people. And uh, I appreciate you uh, being one of those folks. So thank you, Mike. You're the best. Oh, well, thank you, uh, you know, for being a friend and keeping me on here every, you know, Tuesday uh, for what's been, feel like, four or five years now. So um, fun, okay. fun, t fun times when they are truly fun. Um, but it's also great to, you know, have a chance to, you know, share and, and speak about what's going on. So, yeah. Ah, uh, say hi to everybody else at anitab.org doing great work making sure that women are represented and employed in the tech sector we appreciate that work for sure and we'll check in with you next week if that's cool with you hey it's cool right now you know we've we've been through you know it's default to say been through worse um, but there's a, a lot of horrible things happening but you know these things are helpful and it's great for everyone and friends I see that have uh, joined uh, you know when I'm sure they're busy and could be doing other things. So hopefully this was helpful. And they know me. I'm always available in, you know, IGDM or email or phone. So yeah. uh, until... And your dad is here. Yeah. My mom is here. Like, hey, if, if our hey. parents can be here. Yes. Hey, you know, <laughs> and yeah, my dad is, uh, yeah, is I get, get some of my radicalness from him. So uh, <laughs> it's all good. You know, you got to have that edge. So it's always good to have him here and, and sharing. And, you know, and I yeah. get all of my, like bleeding heart compassion from my mom. Also, like, 40% of my meanness. <laughs> That's great. We need, we need that edge. You got to keep something. It's like sharpening, you know, that, uh, you know, figurative knife, you know, so we, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. That was Mike McGee, our senior tech correspondent. He joins us on Tuesdays. In the regular world, we'd be uh, in the studio in Studio 11 at Navy Pier. Uh, but you know how it is, y'all. We are at home with the homies today. I am in my kitchen. Uh, we're doing some painting. It's not turning into a Dexter murder room. We're just painting some walls in case anybody was uh, wondering what's going on back there. I want to shout out some friends from far away who are in the comments. I mentioned my mom is here. What's up, Kim Hopkins? All the way from Lansing, Illinois. Princess Mononoko, one of my oldest and dearest friends, she's up in uh, Minnesota these days. Uh, Gook Studios from Manhattan, Kansas, and everybody who is joining us from the great, great city of Chicago. It is the, the greatest place in the world. Even when it's going through it, this is the best city. Now, I mentioned earlier that a lot of the music industry is doing uh, something called Blackout Tuesday, where they are uh, just doing just that. They are not doing any self-promotion or anything like that. Um, and Vocalo is, is on board with that to a point. We won't be uh, shutting down altogether, though. Uh, because every day we are dedicated to amplifying black voices, black causes, black empathy, black compassion, 
black greatness and black excellence. So for us to turn off that for a day, I don't think would be very helpful uh, to those of us who need uh, information disseminated or just a little respite from the world. So if you turn on Vocalo today, uh, the only thing that will have changed is that it's somehow gotten blacker. I didn't even think that was possible, but it did. So uh, my black friend, <laughs> Biko, is on the air right now until 2 o'clock. Uh, join him for uh, great uh, perspectives and great music. And I just want to thank all of you for, you know, knowing what we are about and being with us, being for us, and we're with you and for you. And uh, once again, it matters. Mine matters, yours matters. Black lives matter. I'll get it tattooed on my forehead if I gotta. But I love each and one, every one of you. We'll check in with you right here tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Go say hi to Biko for me. Peace. <laughs>